Hello, my friend. Welcome to today's podcast episode. This is another episode in the March Mental Health Series, and today we are going to be talking about things that don't help or sabotage our happiness. And once again, this is me just really sharing authentically my mental health journey in various stages of my life and what has helped me today. I'm going to talk about those things that kind of snuck in and sabotaged a lot of my joy and happiness, which led to more fear, depression, and anxiety. So you're going to get a mix of both things that don't help and things that do help because obviously I'm not just going to leave you hanging with things that don't help and then be like, yeah, hope things go well for you after that, but really counteracting with some wisdom and truth and experience. Now, always remember in this series, I am not a psychologist, psychiatrist, or therapist in any way. I have a lot of experience with therapy and it has been beneficial towards me. So make sure you consult with your mental health professional or your doctor if you need more support. But if you're just looking for a friend who has has or is struggling with mental health stuff and you just kind of want to hear how it's going and the process of which how I really like try to face the struggles and anxieties and fear and depression that I've experienced, then you're in the right place. I hope that this helps you. Welcome to Feminine Fitness, a podcast for women that want to make simple shifts in their fitness and nutrition that make a big difference. I'm your host, Joelle, and I've been a health and fitness coach for over a decade. I teach women how to look and feel vibrant every day with workouts, food, and mindset changes that support feminine hormone cycles. Each episode, I will give simple tips that are easy to implement that align your goals with cycle syncing. If you feel like achieving your health and fitness goals is always a fight against your body, I want to help you stop the struggle and work with your body. I'm so glad you're here and welcome to today's episode. Let's hop right in. First off, I've been listening to my own podcast episodes, and if you hear like a popping noise, I'll make it now. That is me bumping a handle on my desk that is loose, and it annoys me probably more than it annoys you, but I am sorry if it is annoying to you. You maybe not, well, you've probably heard it because it is kind of like a loud thump and it's kind of awkward, but I'm hoping because I positioned myself in a way that's a little bit further away from my desk that we don't have that. But today we are going to be talking about the things that don't help or things that sabotage our happiness or my happiness at least. And I really kind of want to cover an overarching of things, but in a nutshell, it's going to be in the theme of keeping things bottled up thoughts that are going on in our heads. And as Dr. Amen coins it, calling them automatic negative thoughts, and then also just habits. So I'm going to be talking about things that haven't helped or sabotage happiness, leading to more anxiety, depression, down, fearful feelings. But first and foremost, I always want to talk to you guys about paying attention to if for you it is cyclical. And in the Feminine Fitness Foundations program, I now have these two worksheets that are a weekly reflection and weekly intention worksheet. And then I also have a video that goes along 
along with it on how to use those. And it has been such a beneficial tool for the ladies, especially the ladies who went through the group coaching with me of that program in February of looking at like, oh my gosh, I'm not feeling this way all the time. A lot of times these thoughts are coming around the same time of the month. And even Dr. Amen of the Amen Clinics talked about how in the few days before our menstrual cycle, these thoughts, these dragons, these hormones are causing us to be critical or negative thinking more than others. And so I do want you to bring some awareness to is are your hormones affecting you more emotionally than you think they are as you guys know i am somebody who really struggled with pmdd yes it was completely self-diagnosed but balancing out my hormones supporting my cycle in supporting your cycle and doing the cycle syncing method supports the fluctuations of your hormones which leads to can sometimes lead to the lessening of the moodiness, hormonal symptoms that we experience experience with PMS or PMDD. I've talked about it before where personally for me, I was experiencing these huge tidal waves, like huge tidal waves of gratitude and joy and happiness and love and vibrancy for my life and all of the things going on. And then it was a tidal wave of anxiety, depression, negative thoughts, and I started realizing it really did align with my cycle. So just something to be aware of. You can get the Feminine Fitness Foundations self-paced and you can go through it, but we're also going to be doing it together in another round of group coaching come April. So you guys hop on in now. Link will be in the show notes, but it's also always linked up in my Instagram profile. So first off, let's talk about, well, I guess this is secondly, since we talked about, is this in relation to your cycle? Things that will not help or things that will completely sabotage your happiness, I truly think keeping things bottled up. Whether it's what you're thinking or how you're feeling, oftentimes when you keep things bottled up, and I believe I gave this example before, is imagine a pop can, a soda can, or whatever type of can that has carbonation. If you leave the like leave it sealed, but you're adding tons of pressure by shaking it and shaking it and shaking it, whether those things are thoughts and feelings or actually circumstances that are going on in life, Keeping things bottled up adds so much pressure to what is in that can. And then eventually when the lid opens and the lid pops off, there is going to be an explosion. And so keeping things bottled up for me in all the different stages of my life where I was struggling with depression and anxiety really did more harm than good. And so I hope that you guys do find and seek support in multiple different ways. Yes, a therapist or talking with a doctor or having a bestie that like loves you unconditionally where you can share your ugly side with them and know that they will support you and love you and give you grace. Maybe this is found through a group within your church. Maybe this is just you journaling with you and giving yourself self-compassion. Just stop keeping things bottled up. And right now, when I listed off all of those support systems that 
have that are in place in my life now, I want to just encourage you to take one right step. Maybe that's starting with journaling and looking at pen to paper, like this is what is going on in my mind. And then once you've come to like really recognizing and journaling, maybe then you can meet with a therapist and say like, I see it. I see these patterns coming up over and over and over again. Okay. And I will have a podcast episode devoted to like expectations or what to know if you want to start working with a therapist because I've worked with therapists in many different seasons of my life, every season from elementary school to teenage years to postpartum and and all this and now and all the stages and in betweens. Um, So we'll talk about that, but I also want to bring back the not facing and not being aware of the automatic negative thoughts that are going on in your mind. A lot of the way that we are feeling and the way that we are thinking, it is literally just on autopilot. We are not conscious to the thoughts and the things that we do throughout the day, but really like taking a pause and really thinking about like, oh my gosh, did I just say that to myself? Like, I want you to start thinking about it in that way, paying attention to what are you saying to yourself? What are you saying to yourself? And I've heard it cliche time and time again. Like you, if you wouldn't say those things to somebody else, why are you saying them to yourself? But first, you want to just start being aware of it. Start catching those automatic negative thoughts that are going on in your head and then you can either write them down pay attention to them question them challenge them because just because you have a thought does not mean it is true and oftentimes our thoughts especially when our brain is really strong in creating negative thoughts and pointing out the negative all the time and pointing out the bad and it does this because it's trying to protect us but when our when we're so conditioned to have negative thoughts negative reactions negative feelings about ourselves what we're not doing is um being aware of them and then testing them like just because you have that thought of oh my gosh you are messing big time messing up big time in motherhood sister just because you're having that negative thought of like oh my gosh there you go again blowing up at the kids you're so impatient just because you have that thought does not mean it's true and if you challenge that thought if you say to yourself is it true that i'm always impatient Is it true? Is it really true? And get like mean girl in your own mind. Like, is it really true that you're always impatient with your kids? Or was it just like today? If you can't even remember in the last week when the last time you freaked out at your kids because they weren't getting their butts ready to go out the door, like maybe maybe today was just a moment where it was like, we just had to get out the door. And if that meant fits, if that meant frazzlement, then okay. But is that happening majority of the time? And see how that type of questioning can really bring up for you like, hmm, either you go into problem solving mode or you go into self-compassion. Because let's take that example of feeling like, oh my gosh, I always snap at my kids. And then you always think of like going in, getting into the car to get them off to school or daycare, whatever it is. And if you're like, is that always true? Is that always true? And if the answer is just like, well, it kind of just always happens a couple times a month. Well, 
it does that's the reality for everybody my friend why are you being so hard on yourself and then you're probably wondering joelle how do you then stop that thought of like really letting a few moments in motherhood that aren't perfect that aren't the most patient that aren't the most pretty how can you give yourself more self-compassion well, my counselor gave me a really great website. It's literally selfcompassion.org. And there are great resources. If, if you are your own worst critic, this selfcompassion.org can have has some really great tools. Um, when I notice I'm really being hard on myself, I will go in there, maybe listen to one of the audios, maybe do one of the journaling prompts, and it and it does support me a little bit. And then I'm starting to build that muscle of self-compassion, right? But what if what if you challenge that thought of it's always a frazzled mess getting people out the door? You can go into, especially during your menstrual phase where emotional and logical problem solving is a superpower, you can be like, okay, how can we get it together? What are some things we can do that make it smooth and seamless to get out the door? For me, one of the things I did was instead of telling my kids that, okay, it's time to go, and then I'm still grabbing like a few things for myself, like I'm still getting my boots on, I'm still getting my coat on, I may be putting some of the things in the car that I need for the day if we're gonna if I'm gonna be out and about or whatever. I just start doing those things for myself and I tell my kids, hey, I'm getting my stuff ready to go. And then I make sure, oftentimes it's like carrying my drink and my bag and my um, getting my coat on, getting my shoes on and all of that stuff. And then I notice my kids tend to follow suit. Now, obviously, I'm not working with like backpacks or whatever it is, but I truly believe like if you seek your own solution, if you're like, this is an an occurring problem again and again and again and again, and it happens, it's an event, not it's a habit, not an event, which we'll talk about that on another episode for another day. It's it's a habit, not an event. It's something that happens quite frequently, not every so often, then you can really be like, okay, what can we do to make this smoother? Let's try that. That didn't work. Okay, what can we do to make this smoother? Okay, let's try that. Then you go to maybe a few sources and you're like, okay, what do you do? Like think of somebody who's in a similar situation to you that is getting out the door with as many kids as you do or more and ask them for some advice, okay? So really that roundabout goes to not keeping things bottled up, really becoming conscious of how you are feeling, facing those automatic negative thoughts, challenging them and seeing how it can play out. Because I truly believe you are way more intelligent and resourceful than you give yourself credit for, my friend. Moving on to the next thing that really did not help my happiness and sabotaged it for sure was not nourishing my body and numbing myself with food. I often found myself when my kids were having tantrums or if I was feeling frustrated and frazzled and overwhelmed in any capacity, I craved the crunch to calm my central nervous system. Now, for some of you, it may be like having wine or alcohol or 
whatever it is. But for me, it was like crunchy foods. I was relying on that like physical crunch of crunchy foods to calm my central nervous system. And I noticed this when I started paying attention, not just to my thoughts, but to my habits. Like in moments where I get overwhelmed and stressed and frazzled, what does my what does my body automatically do? And guess what? I was finding myself in the pantry, especially in those like toddler years where my kids were just throwing tantrums and emotions were very explosive. I found myself literally going to the pantry to calm myself. And I realized like that crunch that I was craving and that I was looking for was what I was using to cope and to try to calm my central nervous system. So what I'm now doing and trying to pay attention of is the habits. Like what are those things that I am doing that that caused me to start to self-sabotage? Sometimes it literally is like social media scrolling and numbing. I think a lot of us can relate to that. And so in thinking about that, if you're overwhelmed and you're stressed and you're frazzled and you're like, I just need a moment to myself, but you bring your phone with you to your bedroom to take a few breaths, like that's that's not actually calming your central nervous system. And that is a question I'm going to be asking the anxious therapist that comes onto the podcast is like, what are some things that truly do calm the central nervous system? Because I think we we go into these different ways of thinking that it's calming our central nervous system, but it's really numbing. And I'm, I haven't found the secret sauce to that yet. I have the anxious therapist coming on the podcast. I also am enrolled in a course called Regulate by one of my best friends, most amazing people that I admire. And she literally is like the master of this and like emotional regulation. So I am excited to learn from her. So more on that to come, but just really paying attention to no scrolling social doesn't actually calm your central nervous system. What is really going to calm your central nervous system? And and thinking of one to two things. And then when those stressful moments happen, you know, try those out. Even if there's something weird, even if it's something like I've got to just seriously stand up and shake my body out, do some like boxer bounce, like side to side, take some breaths and then just be like, I, I shifted my energy. Let's go. Like it can be something so silly and so simple. Sometimes for me, it's humming. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad I thought of this right now. I was doing a little bit of makeup this morning before getting the kids outside and like my husband was trying to talk to me talking about snow removal stuff, which I kind of don't care about, but I pretend to care about because he really cares about it. And then like, I'm thinking, well, I'm so glad that you're getting ready to go into the tractor by yourself while I'm getting the kids off to daycare, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, so I was starting to notice like anxious, weird energy in my body, which was causing me to feel like we were more rushed than what we needed to be. So I started to hum. Like I literally was like, and it did, it shifted my energy. And I was like, note to self, like just simply humming shifted my energy because what I do know is movement shifts energy. I know that for a fact, but a lot of times people give the example of like, go outside and go for a walk. Well, I'm sorry. It is negative nine outside with blustering winds and I've got a three-year-old and a five-year-old. I can't just be like, okay, let's go for a walk. And even if it was sunny and 60 degrees, 
if I told my two boys, let's go for a walk, one would want to be have snacks, the other one would want to ride his bike, and the bike is in the storage shed, so I'd have to open the storage shed. So it would really create more to-dos to try to shift the energy. And so now I'm really just trying to be realistic in like calming my central nervous system in a way that is realistic for this season of life. Because yeah, if I didn't have kids, I could have gone upstairs and sat on the spin bike and just shifted that energy quickly. But with kids, it's like my kids would be like, mom, where'd you go? Mom, I want breakfast. Mom, I want this. So that's not realistic for this season. But I can I can do things like hum. I can hum, I can like do some neck rolls, I can do some shoulder rolls, I can literally bust out some jumping jacks. And my kids might think I'm weird, but I can bust out some jumping jacks wherever I am. And that may help shift the energy and even change up the habit, you know. Okay, moving on from that point, which the point really was just about habits and paying attention to what your body or like what your body is physically doing when you're feeling overwhelmed, anxious, sad, depressed, a negative type of emotion, pay attention to what is automatically following that feeling. And is it is it supporting? Is it helpful? Some may be, some may not be. And then the next thing is I have focusing on what is going wrong and letting fear completely paralyze me. And what really helped me was letting things play out in my mind and asking myself the question of, do I have all I need right now? Like some of the fears that we have are just so, for me at least, maybe not for you guys, but I feel like if you struggle with anxiety and depression and mental health, our brain tends to go to like the 100% opposite side of things. Like if I had a lower income month, for my business, I would be like, oh my gosh, we're not going to be able to pay our mortgage. And if we don't pay our mortgage, then we're going to have to be moving out and we're going to have to leave this house. And I don't want to leave this house. I work so hard. I love this house. And, but I was, I was letting those thoughts linger and spiral. And when I say them out, I was letting them live in my head, right? When I even say it out loud to you on the podcast, I'm just like, whoa, Joelle, you went, you went over dramatic with that girlfriend. Like, Everybody, no matter what income bracket you're in, has lower and higher months. Like you get, there's there's ebbs and flows and pit, like it's it's all just a flow, right? You guys are going to be just fine. You have savings. You literally, we worked so hard to have a savings of an emergency fund to cover like at least three months if shit hit the fan. Excuse my language. But, you know, like sometimes... If I were, if I just let that thought linger and linger and linger and linger, it would always spiral towards the worst case scenario. But acknowledging, kind of going back to that first thing of not keeping things bottled up, when I wrote it down or said it out loud or said it to somebody else or even just processed it myself fully in not just going to the negative, I was okay. And then sometimes even bringing myself to the space of like, do I have all I need right now? And bringing that realization of like, wow, we have tons of food in our fridge. I could, and pantry and freezer, I could make a ton of stuff. We could really survive and thrive for a while off of this stuff. Me, my kids, we've got our warm clothes. We've got this. We've got a roof over our heads. We have covered all of our bills and we have, you know, more than enough to cover for months more, even if none of us earned a dollar. And then I'd go into the mindset of, but 
I get paid weekly. My husband gets paid weekly. There is always money coming in. You see how like if you let the thoughts just linger and if you focus on constantly what is going wrong, it will literally lead to fear and paralyzation. Another thing I was talking about with a group of gals was like the fear of things not working out in certain relationships. I'll just use the example of marriage. There have been times where I'm like, oh my gosh, what if my husband decides to leave me? And like having that negative thought usually happens around late luteal. And when I was like, I would be so devastated. I would be so heartbroken. I would pick myself up though. I know I'm resilient. I know I'm smart. I know I'm capable. I know that I am beautiful and amazing and strong and man, it would hurt and it would be so hard to go through, but I could totally do it. And so that leads to the last thing of really um, kind of goes back to self-compassion, but not realizing, realizing my own and your own capabilities Ladies, we are so resourceful, so smart, so capable, and so powerful as an individual. It's amazing that we have marriages and friends and family members and loved ones and community that are there to support us. We are strong. We don't have to be the only strong one, though. We don't only, it's a gift to not just rely on ourselves, but if needed, we would be 100% capable. And I truly believe that. I truly believe that every woman has the ability to figure it out. If your back is against the wall and you had to figure it out, you would rise. But some of you are telling yourself that you would crumble. And so if you have those negative thoughts or that belief about yourself that without XYZ, without the income, without the job, without the business, without the marriage, without the kids, without without those things, you would crumble. I want to challenge you to think about, no, I wouldn't. Without, I'm grateful and so glad that those beautiful things in my life, but those things are flowers in my flower bed and I am the garden. Like, I, I want you to see yourself as like your, you are capable to cultivate anything that you needed to if you needed to. And trust yourself. Be grateful that you're not in, in a back against the wall type of position, right? Like 100% gratitude for that and all the support that you have and all of the blessings that are in your life. I do believe though that if your back was against the wall, you had to figure it out. You had to do it all on your own. You 100% could. And I know at least for me and for a lot of ladies that I've worked with, they often feel like, oh no, I could never do it on my own. I would crumble, I would, I would fall, I would fail, but I, I believe the opposite. And I want you to even just you know, explore some of those deep fears that you have. Maybe it's of somebody leaving you or some sort of identity piece and really thinking about like, no, even without that in my life, I am valuable. I am smart. I am capable. I can start over. I can do something again, whatever it may be for you. And so this episode, I hope that it just helps you bring awareness to your thoughts to not keep things in and bottled up, paying attention to those automatic thoughts, challenging them, questioning them, 
Then secondly, paying attention to your habits and being mindful of your physical body with the food that you are nourishing it with, but then also those habits that cause you to feel a little bit negative and then not just focusing what is wrong. Thank you so much for listening today. I know my dog is about to bark because my husband just got back in from removing snow and I will talk to you guys in the next episode.